The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that unmasks history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're celebrating the birth of a pup named Scooby-Doo. His rise to cartoon stardom wasn't as clear-cut as you might expect, so grab yourself some Scooby snacks and we'll unravel his mysterious origin together. The day was September 13th, 1969. The cartoon series Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? aired for the first time on CBS. The show introduced viewers to the cowardly Great Dane, Scooby-Doo, and the rest of the Mystery Inc. crew, Fred, Daphne, Velma, and Shaggy. The original series ran for two seasons and produced a total of 25 episodes, which were originally aired on Saturday mornings. The concept and character proved so popular that they were eventually spun off into a host of other cartoon series, as well as movies, video games, theme park attractions, and a plethora of merchandise tie-ins. Today, more than 50 years later, the Scooby-Doo franchise is still going strong, outlasting both its creators and the studio that made it. No TV series is created in a vacuum, but Scooby-Doo in particular was a direct response to the times in which it was made. In the late 1960s, the United States was in the midst of unprecedented political and social strife. From the Vietnam War, to the assassination of MLK, 
to civil rights protests in the streets, there were signs of violence and division everywhere you looked. The reporting of these traumatic news events led many American viewers to question their family's media diet for the first time. They began to notice that it wasn't just the news that was getting more violent. Scripted dramas and even children's programming were getting more brutal as well. The tipping point came in June of 1968, when New York Senator Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated. Just a few hours after Kennedy was shot, President Lyndon B. Johnson established a national commission on the causes and prevention of violence. Faced with pressure both from the government's investigation and from media watchdog groups, TV networks and studios pledged to tone down the violent content. They promised that by the 1969 season, their schedules would focus less on action and more on music, comedy, and other forms of family-friendly programming. Particular care was given to shows aimed towards children. Some action-adventure cartoons remained on the air, but studios like Hanna-Barbera began developing new, more comedic series that didn't rely on superheroes, spies, or aliens. Enter Scooby-Doo a show about a friendly group of teens and their dog solving mysteries and bringing bad guys to justice. Not with their fists, but with their wits. The original concept for the show was developed by TV producer Fred Silverman and was closely patterned after CBS's filmation cartoon The Archie Show. That was the breakout series of the 1968 season, showcasing the Riverdale teens from Archie Comics as a bubblegum pop band complete with a large sheepdog mascot named Hot Dog. Silverman sought to copy much of that dynamic for his own show, except with a spooky horror twist. In his initial conception, the main characters were a traveling band who would make their way across the country in a big van called the Mystery Machine. Each episode would find the band performing at a different venue, only to be sidetracked by some kind of mystery that only they could solve. Silverman pitched the idea to Hanna-Barbera, and while the studio accepted the proposal, they also had a few notes. The main concern was that the show, as described, was too scary and didn't have enough potential for comedy. To solve the problem, the studio handed the reins of development to Joe Ruby and Ken Spears, a pair of cartoon writers who were tasked with retooling the show to make it more comedic and less frightening. At first, the duo kept the idea of a touring band composed of four teens and a large talking dog. The band, and the show itself, went by the name Mysteries 5. That implied equal billing for each member of the band, but at the time, the dog character, a sheepdog named Too Much who played the bongos, was only written as a sidekick, not a lead player. Somewhere along the way, it was decided that the concept was a little too close to the Archie show right down to the dog breed. With that in mind, Ruby and Spears dropped the rock band element and brought the mystery component to the forefront. They also shifted focus to the two funniest members of the crew, Shaggy, who was patterned after a beatnik, and his cowardly canine companion, who had been changed from a sheepdog to a Great Dane. One of the final pieces of the puzzle was supplied by Fred Silverman. All of the human characters had undergone a name change during the show's development, and Silverman thought Too Much the Dog needed a new name as well. Inspiration apparently struck during a red-eye flight to Los Angeles, when Silverman just couldn't fall asleep. According to him, quote, As we're landing, 
Frank Sinatra comes on the PA, and I hear him say, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. I said, that's it, we'll call it Scooby-Doo. Silverman is, of course, referring to Frank Sinatra's song, Strangers in the Night, though it's worth noting that Sinatra actually sings Doobie, not Scooby. But again, it was a red-eye flight. After he landed, Silverman suggested calling the dog Scooby-Doo and making him the main character of the show. The studio agreed, and at last, all the pieces were in place. On Saturday morning, September 13, 1969, at 10 o'clock a.m., Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? aired its very first episode. The perpetually scared Scooby-Doo, or Scoobert, if you want to get formal, was joined by a team of four inquisitive teenagers. There was Fred, the straight-arrow leader, Daphne, the enthusiastic but clumsy beauty, Velma, the bookish detective, and Shaggy, the laid-back pal of Scooby-Doo who always had a case of the munchies. Together, these amateur sleuths made up the team of Mystery, Inc., which traveled from one creepy location to the next in their trademark mystery machine, a holdover from the touring band concept. Each episode, the teens investigated supposedly supernatural sightings, but inevitably, the witches, monsters, and ghosts always turned out to be a greedy human in disguise. After laying out the villain's fiendish plan at the end of the episode, which typically involved scaring someone away for the sake of money, the teens would unmask their foe, proving to the locals and to the young viewers at home that there's no such thing as monsters. At that point, the only thing left to do was for the captured criminal to deliver one of the show's most enduring catchphrases, something to the effect of, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. The design of the main characters was the work of Japanese-American artist Iwao Takamoto, a former Disney animator who joined Hanna-Barbera in 1961. One of his first jobs for the studio had been to design Astro, the talking family dog of the Jetsons. That made him a natural choice when it came time to perfect the look of Scooby, not to mention his human pals. Takamoto took an unusual approach to the assignment by first studying the anatomy of a Great Dane and then drawing the opposite. As he later told Cartoon Network, quote, There was a lady that bred Great Danes at Hanna-Barbera. She showed me some pictures and talked about the important points of a Great Dane, like a straight back, straight legs, small chin, and such. I decided to go the opposite and gave him a humpback, bowed legs, big chin, and such. Even his color is wrong. Takamoto reasoned that those changes would make the dog funnier, and also more distinct from other Great Dane characters, such as comic strip star Marmaduke. Once the look of the characters had been finalized, Hanna-Barbera hired a cast of voice actors to bring the designs to life. For the role of Scooby-Doo, the studio turned to their resident dog guy, Don Messick, who also supplied the voice of canine characters like Astro and Muttley. Scooby's scaredy-cat partner, Shaggy, was voiced by Casey Kasem, a popular Michigan DJ who was eager to expand into voice acting. Velma was played by Nicole Jaffe, a Canadian actress who never returned to voiceover work after the role. The character of Daphne was voiced by Stephanieanna Christofferson for the first season, and by soap opera actress Heather North during the second season. Lastly, the part of Fred went to Frank Welker. He was an unknown talent at the time, with Fred being his first major voice acting role. 
But in the decades that followed, Welker became a living legend of his industry, and one of the most prolific too. At the time of recording, Welker has just under 900 different credits to his name, including a ton of animal characters, and even a couple transforming robots, like the original Soundwave and Megatron. Frank Welker has also continued to voice Fred in nearly every series since the original Scooby-Doo, and as of 2002, he's taken over as the voice of Scooby as well. Of course, we can't talk about the sound of Scooby-Doo without mentioning its iconic theme song, arguably one of the most famous in cartoon history. It was written by Ben Raleigh and David Mook, and was performed by Larry Marks during the first season and by Austin Roberts during the second. Here's a clip from the first season. Where are you? We got some work to do now. Where are you? We need some help from you now. With its not-too-scary storylines and slapstick comedy galore, Scooby-Doo Where Are You was an instant hit with its target audience. The show was quickly picked up for a second season and then continued to air reruns throughout 1971. A year later, the characters returned in a new hour-long show called The New Scooby-Doo Movies. Each episode saw the gang joined by a different celebrity guest star, such as the Harlem Globetrotters, the Three Stooges, and Batman and Robin. The show proved to be the first of many sequel series for the Scooby-Doo franchise. More than a dozen other series would eventually follow, as well as a number of TV specials, three theatrical films, and nearly 40 direct-to-video films, as of 2022. It's remarkable that a cartoon created in response to the political and social shifts of the 1960s has remained relevant and profitable for more than half a century. But with the spooky season upon us once again, now's the perfect time to catch up with Scooby and the gang and discover their appeal all over again. There is definitely no shortage of mysteries to choose from, but I do recommend avoiding anything featuring Scooby's pint-sized nephew, Scrappy-Doo. The less said about that guy, the better. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Stop. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 